0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer.
1: Looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: Hey, welcome back. Another episode of Dynasty Theory. We're coming at you a little bit earlier today. I feel bad. We have adjusted like the last, I feel like, 50 episodes. This one was on me. I have a work call later on, but that's besides the point. As you can see, if you're watching live, if you're on YouTube, Mitch was unable to join us. He keeps saying he's working. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. What about you, Dan?
0: Two weeks in a row of him being a responsible human being. I hope hope it doesn't rub off on us or anything. No, we don't want that. Because Listen, we have a lot we want to talk about.
1: We finally, finally can get to the rookie wide receivers and the rookie tight ends. And you know, Mitch, like always trying to get my goat. He's sitting there over the weekend saying, oh, I hope there's big news that comes out on Monday and Tuesday just to mess with JB's notes. (laughs) But we're finally getting it in. We're finally going to talk about these rookies. We talked about the quarterbacks. Gosh, what was that like a month ago at this point? Running backs a few weeks ago. Then we had some of the free agency news and just such a wild offseason. But now we can get into the draft preparation we're about a month out now from the nfl draft on the patreon five bucks a month we have uh, it's going to be a very entertaining live draft party we're going to be in the discord with everybody uh video audio whatever people want to do i see some people in the chat salazar greg what's going on guys always appreciate people joining us live here on the dynasty theory youtube channel but anyway, so the rookie wide receivers, this is seen as a rather deep class, right? And I know people, it's they're starting to come around with the running back position as well. And of course, the last piece of the puzzle, I'm sure I'm going to talk about it several times tonight. We are going to be looking for that last piece of the puzzle in draft capital, which is going to be a critical piece, especially more from the analytics side. But from the film side, which Dan gravitates towards, so I'm very excited to hear how you feel about these wide receiver prospects? Because you also played wide receiver.
0: Yeah, this is special to my heart here, man. Like I know. I love watching the wide receivers and seeing how they catch and adjust the routes. And we're getting closer to the draft, so this is exciting. Wide receivers, I am stoked to go. Tight ends, John. Eh, it's another story. But we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll
1: talk about <laughs> it. I don't want to say it's lackluster, but there's some nice depth pieces there. But I got to ask you, what was your forty time
0: when you were playing? Fastest I ever ran was a four five nine. Blow me out of the frickin' water. I
1: I genuinely don't know if I – I wouldn't hit five. I I really don't think I would hit
0: five seconds. So,
1: four, five, nine, okay. All right. Hey, better than Kyron Williams.
0: Sad enough, Happy Mitchell isn't here to to, to rub that in on us. But uh, that was my Achilles. Like, to me, I always thought game speed was different than running speed. For whatever reason, I ran a 40. I'd run a little tight. I love looking at the guys' short shuttle runs. I noted some some of their short shuttle times from, from Combine uh, in my notes tonight as we look at receivers. I always love the quickness, the, be, the ability to be able to be elusive, and sometimes that 40 could be overrated, John. Jerry Rice was not the fastest 40 guy, and he turned out okay. So what I'm hearing is Dan Lamania was
1: basically Jerry Rice. Okay, but some of the tight, end, <laughs> or t- tight ends, wide receivers. We have Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave that's probably the top five for a lot of people how are you viewing that group uh you can pick them apart individually you can run through them quickly whatever you want to do how how do you want to look at them
0: this is fun this is and I think you're spot on with those five I mean I'm not gonna create any waves tonight or you know I will but not yet not in the top five the top three specifically right now, I am going back and forth on, JB, as we're, we're approaching our rookie drafts. I'm really, you know, I'm going to, I could break these guys down, but I am going to be a little wishy-washy one through three. Um, I'm leaning Drake London a little bit, but I could guarantee you that could change in a week, a day. Um, love Drake London, love Garrett Wilson, love Traylon Burks. Jameson Williams would be ahead of all of them if not for the injury, but he's so good. I'm still clumping him right after those three, and Chris Olave is to me a solid five. And then it kind of gets interesting, and we'll get to those guys a little bit later, man. But Drake London, you know, I'm hearing all these different comps, and I know some people say, you know, hey, he's just a jump ball guy. Could he do more? I could see an NFL team be really smart using him across the middle and dragging routes and. You know, slants and I think he's gonna evolve with, with the right quarterback situation. And it will be after the draft. That I think these three guys will separate each other. Um, you know, I get a little nervous of like, you know, Mike Williams going up and get those catches and he always falls down. And you're afraid he's gonna get I, I worry a little bit about that with Drake London, but he's my like maybe one A with Garrett Wilson, one B and Traylon Burks one C. Yeah,
1: and and you one of the buzzwords that you didn't really mean to use in the same sense, but separation is going to be key. And a lot of people are saying, well, Traylon Burke's kind of giving me that Nikhil Harry vibe. All right. And then Drake London kind of feeling a little bit like Mike Williams. But when you look at it and I have referenced this tweet and we've talked about it countless times in our discord, somebody put this out and I wish actually, if you give me a second, I can pull it up here because I just sent it to somebody else a couple days ago as I am stalling. Okay. It was from at Michael underscore Nania. And among first and second round picks from 2018 to 2021, wide receiver prospects with the highest percent of the targets deemed contested by PFF in final college season are Sega Whiteside, Denzel Mims, Nikhil Harry. And that says be cautious of wide receivers with 50 50 winner. As their primary appeal. So then people start to get into those players that you mentioned, especially Traylon Burks and Drake London, neither of them are even close to the percentages that are Whiteside Mims and Harry hit. So people are saying, well, if they're deemed and they're looking at, uh, you know, we're looking at them as a contested catch specialist, maybe that could be a knock on them. It's you know, they're they have not hit that threshold, so they're doing things in different ways. And you talked about Drake London, maybe this is a USC thing, and I talked about it a lot with Amon Ross St. Brown coming into last year. The way they use their wide receivers, they get them all over the field. They had Amon Ross coming out of the backfield, uh, split out wide, coming out of the slot, and Drake London, if you look at him he was doing a lot of things close to the line of scrimmage. So he's not necessarily a deep ball, you know, ha- having to, to win those contested catches. He's able to do it in other ways. And Traylon Burks, I know people are concerned about that 40 time. You, this is where, this is where, and it kills me. You got to watch the film. You have to, because when he hits that full speed, that second year, third year, and he's reaching 22 miles an hour on the field. It takes him a second to get there, but nobody's catching him.
0: And you got to love that. No doubt. You know, and he made some big, you talk about the film, some big catches versus Alabama to Traylon Burks. He's got an NFL type body. Um, he's, you know, running the ball on sweeps. He just has great instinct. So he really passes the eye test. And I'm curious where he goes one last note on Drake London too. You know how USC uses him. He worked the sidelines pretty good. You know, again, I, I just think he goes with a good, a good coach. You know, he could work the side route, sideline routes. You know, he can run deep. But I, I think they'll move him around and, and get a lot of use out of Drake London.
1: Uh, one of the things, so Dan's been rubbing off on me a little bit, and early in the rookie process, and I say early, but like January ish, I went back, watched some games. And one of the notes I have on Drake London, and I, you know, if you're watching live, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm looking down, got my notes on my phone here, you know, but sideline awareness was something that I jotted down there. And it ties in somebody that played the game, coached the game to see those similarities in in the way we viewed it. You know what? (laughs) I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for that one. But then also just the the route tree for Drake London. I think he has a lot of strengths in the short to intermediate game, not only going deep. And then, you know, we talked about Traylon Burks, but Garrett Wilson, can you dig in a little bit more there? Because I think like there's a chance that he is the wide receiver one in this class when it is all said and done.
0: Yeah, my notes here, man. I have I noted really nice footwork, could separate and turn a defensive back's hips anywhere on the field. Uh, great field awareness and a good set of hands. He does some things on film to me that just weren't normal, you know. Like he, you know, you watch a like twenty thirty receivers. We're getting ready for a draft. He just does things that are different, and that's really what I look for when we're trying to get a guy in our, our dynasty first round. Oh, JB, holy cow! I don't know
1: if you can read this. Shifted, but team. I have in there. Really nice field awareness, just like Dan said, <laughs>
0: and we haven't compared notes. So yes, let's go. So so we're seeing some of those strengths that that these guys have, and a Garrett Wilson has. Um, I, I think he's a special player that could score on any play. So could I easily come, you know, put him in front of Drake London now? A hundred percent. Am I a hundred percent watching where they're going to go, JB? A hundred percent. Because I mean, how much big of a difference does it make? based on the NFL quarterback. We're talking about the quarterbacks weekly and the stability of the teams and the teams that it's like a quarterback carousel and how it affects fantasy value. I mean, you give these guys a legit NFL coordinator, quarterback, it could really separate them.
1: How much are you buying into the fact the the uh, Jerry Jones, Arkansas connection, Traylon Burks? Are you buying that? Because it, it sounds like it's getting a lot of steam, but it's an easy narrative, right?
0: It is an easy narrative, but Jerry is a Homer, Arkansas guy, man. He bleeds it. And, you know, right now that team needs O-line very bad, but they let go of Amari Cooper. So his his stance, and I, I think there is some, some merit to it. He's like, hey, we're looking at O-line, but if a Parsons lamb fall to us. So if Traylon Burke's there, you know, at 24 or wherever they're at late in the first round, it is possible. He's Because Dallas does go by their boards. They, they, you know, hey, if he's the top-rated guy, we're we're going to veer off and take that talent. So the way
1: I'm looking at this, and it seems like you are as well, Burks, London, and Wilson in that top tier of receivers. But just what you mentioned, so I have them tiered together personally. So they're all expected to get first-run draft capital. No clear differentiating factor there. But if you get... Burks to Dallas, London to uh, the Jets. people were talking about that. Garrett Wilson, the Saints, or you know something. Then maybe landing spot comes into it a little bit because you can use that. You have guys tiered together. We're not bumping them up or down necessarily, but how we view them within that tier. Um, so who's your four right now? So four.
0: You know, I I know I'll revert kind of back to old habits, and as much as I want to say or James, or,
1: or if you have a, a yeah, tier with four, five, and six, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, four, or five, it's Jameson Williams and, and Chris Olave. Um, being that Olave is healthy, and I know I'm going to get him day one, i probably put him four, and, you know, I, I don't know if I'll have the patience necessary for Jameson Williams, Williams to be number four, but, I mean, Olave, you, you know – I, I almost wanted to dock him JB for being like a bad dynasty fantasy football player. Like he should have went out last year and his stock would have been higher. Instead. He waited another year. And like, I, I don't know if that helped him. So like, you know, fantasy value JB, I don't know if he was thinking of his dynasty value by coming out this year. Um, yeah. You
1: you know, the big thing from an analytical perspective, people want to see those first round early declares in those power five conferences, right? I, he went from wide
0: receiver one to two JB on his own team.
1: Yeah. But, did he improve his draft capital? Was he maybe going in the second last year now? it's a first uh, we, we don't know. So if that's the case, he True. went back. he He's one of the guys that was able to go back and make a financially sound decision and get that that additional paycheck. So i I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with what he did with the way it played out with the expectation he goes in the first round of the NFL draft.
0: yeah I mean, I have him here as a, a sure-handed skinny wide receiver with burst that could stop anywhere on a dime on the field and take the top off a of defense. Um, I, I love watching him sell, like separate and then accelerate. Um, I think quarterback play may be more critical here. You know, his vertical leap in the combine maybe wasn't as high as some of the other wide receivers, um, but but he's a talented kid.
1: So we have a question here and I think it's a fantastic one because we talk about landmines all the time. And that was something I wanted to touch on here a little bit because and and we'll get into it we're going to do our our two round mock next week you me and mitch but when we're in the first round and we're taking players with our first round rookie picks we don't we want to avoid those bust players right so greg says who has the highest ceiling who has the best floor highest floor it seems like the biggest question with these top wide receivers and i like i i think it's hard to say burks doesn't have the highest ceiling i think you know it's easy to look at players like dk metcalf and what they've done in the nfl not not necessarily comparing burks and metcalf but that could be a similar type ceiling and from a floor perspective i think with his route running abilities and checking almost every analytical box early declare uh reception market share the receiving yard market share down a little bit, but yards per team pass attempt, college dominator breakout age, uh, and then height adjusted speed score a little off. I'm going through all my, my boxes here, Dan, but Garrett Wilson, I think has the highest floor and he might be the safest first round wide receiver, but that's not to knock his ceiling,
0: yep. but yeah. I
1: think, I think he's the safest.
0: You know, as you say, you know, you're, I'm rubbing off with the film. I do hear your analytics, JB, and the facts. And after I watch the film, I like seeing where you're at. and It, it helps the, the rankings a lot. Mitch is going to play this back and probably be a little bit nauseous because for a few weeks in a row, we've been agreeing a lot. And, I And, you know, in answering Greg's question, I would say uh, Garrett Wilson's the, the – or I say Traylon Burks is the guy as far as 6'2", specimen with that A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel – Metcalf mold, but Garrett Wilson feels safe and high ceiling. Like we're saying, Hey, could he be the one or the two? So I, I mean, either one of those two cats is right in that realm of high ceiling, best floor.
1: Yeah. Jameson Williams. He fits in there too. Again, talking about the height adjusted speed score. So the way I look at this from an analytics standpoint, I know there, there's a million different ways to do it. I like to look at it and I've mentioned this several times, but if somebody's listening for the first time, or typically, whenever I say something about my, you know, analytics, they, you know, block me out. So I'll, I'll reiterate it one more time. I like to look at it from a minimum threshold standpoint. And again, I know people look at it, well, you know, their ceiling and the they especially like the yards per team pass attempt. They want those guys that are up in the threes. But I like to look at it from a minimum standpoint. And if you're checking these boxes within that tier you know you you accumulate a score and it goes burks wilson london jameson williams chris alave for me and williams alave and garrett wilson like i said the height adjusted speed score not there but again there's so many guys with uh and and garrett wilson a four three eight jameson williams uh projected the i pulled this 40 time uh from a source, to, you know, high level projection of four four five, he probably blows that that out of the water, water when healthy. And then four three nine for Chris Olave. So you're probably sitting there saying, "JB, how the hell do these guys have a low height adjusted speed score?" Well, they're not these six two giants. So when you factor that in, but still, they are burners. Um, and then they all check the box on receiving yards per team pass attempt. Drake London a little bit lower if you don't. Adjust for the missed games, which I know some people do when they're looking at analytics. Um, And then Jamison Williams, the reception market share, but again, still getting 20% at Alabama and then having the injury. So that very well could have been higher. And then all of them except Alave are early declares. So for me, I have the first three we talked about. I have Jamison Williams in a tier of his own when looking at wide receivers. And then I have Alave. Pickens and maybe Dotson but that's if he lands in the first so I want your thoughts now on Pickens and Dotson
0: before I get there I gotta ask you a question on Jamison Williams first because here's a guy that is fast tough to defend wide receiver that could adjust on the fly you know I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan and their defense was off the charts man from secondary to pressure on the quarterback and they had no answers for this cat Like, none. Like, I do not know, JB, if they win the national championship if he comes off that field. That's how good he was. So, here's another special kid that could take a house call on any play. He's an Ohio State transfer that just erupted at Alabama. Like, you could get a gem here in the middle of your first round in a dynasty draft. Like, do you take that risk of taking Olave... Or a Dotson if he did land in the first round? Or do you just say, you know what? Heck with it, man. I am going to just bite the bullet for year one because I'm getting the highest ceiling in a Mr. Williams for my wide receiver position. What are you doing with that?
1: If Jamison Williams is there. So, okay. And I talked about this. the The easiest comparison was if I was taking part in a rookie draft prior to the NFL draft. This is before the combine. And I talked about Kyron Williams where I had him. Well, I wouldn't have taken him if I had a rookie draft or a startup with rookies included at that point because there was risk. So today, because we don't know how things are going to shake out with the quarterbacks and we want that first-round draft capital, I would feel comfortable take, taking Jameson Williams at 108. I would take Willis. He's locked in. Hall, Burks, Spiller, London, Wilson. And then I can't uh, So. I talked about this. Was it last week or in the Discord? I I forget where it was. I I talk a lot, but I say Kenny Pickett. I I would be very surprised if he didn't land first round draft capital in the NFL draft. So today, I would take him if I had to choose between How Corral and Pickett. I would take Pickett, but if they all get first round draft capital, Pickett's my quarterback for. So make sense of all that. Anyway, to answer your question, Dan.
0: I am comfortable taking Jamison Williams. Yeah, because I think you know. So I, I see you're looking at the numbers now in Kenny Pickett, because I know we had our quarterback show, and and I was kind of putting you on the hot seat there, being in your pit pants, you know, pit territory there, where you where you live and home, and you weren't incredibly high on Pickett. Now we see there's he's in the top quarterback. We know how valuable a quarterback is in Superflex, so it's like, hey, do you take that quarterback that's so value that let's just say he does does get a good landing spot? Or it's like, you know what? I truly don't believe in Pickett. So I go with Williams and, and take the elite guy and just kind of gamble that Pickett's going to be a bust in the NFL. But again,
1: know. we do. And this is kind of my thought with with Kenneth Walker, right? I am far lower on him than Mitchell. Mitch, the rest of our <laughs> Discord community, people in the Patreon. I got people sending me hate mail on a daily bit now. Of course, kidding. But uh, Kenneth Walker, while I am lower, and I don't think he's going to be as good in the NFL as people are, are laying it out here during the offseason. Right. I know we have, like, I, I'm, I'm not oblivious and aloof to the general market. People love him. So there's nothing wrong with taking a player here in the rookie draft if you can't trade out or trade back and move them before we even see them step on the field. So we have, you know, over four months after rookie drafts, before these guys see the field. So, from a market perspective, if we're comparing Kenny Pickett with first-round draft capital and Jameson Williams with first-round draft capital, I'm going to lean the quarterback. Okay. But like I said, I have Kenny Pickett as my quarterback for if those guys above him all get first-round draft capital as well. I would be looking to get him off of my roster, ideally, before he takes the
0: field. It's a fair analysis, and I think we're in the same conversation and how we feel on these guys. So I'm going to shift to your question before I followed with a question, and you asked me about Dotson and Pickens, and that takes me to like a three-wide receiver category that, again, kind of like the top three, when we get to this tier, I'm kind of a little bit wishy-washy on Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, and John Mechie. Over there in Alabama, I really oh, like these God, three guys. Oh God, not.
1: Oh, Metchie is not even
0: on mm. my radar. He's he's oh. on mine, and and, I, and I'll get mm. to why. But first, Dotson and Pickens, and I do have them higher. Um, I, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not being a homer. You know, I'm in Penn State, as are you. I mean, we're we're kind of in Penn State territory here in Pennsylvania. Penn State, oh
1: uh, Jesus, oh, make, it, me, vom- it, it, make me vomit.
0: It, it's the Lackawanna College pipeline from where I work. We're sending kids there every week. Wait do you see the receiver we got coming to going to Penn State possibly next year if that's where he lands. We got another big prospect going that way. But um, but Dotson, man, sure-handed wide receiver that was so huge for a, a Penn State team with limited quarterback play. I mean, if Penn State could ever fix the figure out their quarterback play, they might actually, you know, go a little further. Could come bowl game season. But he's a speed wide receiver that knows how to get open and find the football. He has an expanded route tree and He's an athlete that could run. He could catch. He could throw. He kind of, he did it all for Penn State, man. So I really loved watching that kid. And, and then, you know, he's one of those small Marquise Brown type wide receivers. I'm trying to level my expectations a bit. And then there's my boy Pickens, man. Like, I got, when it comes to our draft show, I'm going to be wearing my Pickens Georgia jersey there. I just absolutely love this kid's potential. And unfortunately, he, he blows out his ACL during mm-hmm. the spring game. And we had to wait till like a few weeks before the national championship before he got back on the field. Caught a bomb in the national championship game, which kind of flashed. But I, I still think he was limited in that game because I didn't see him get the reps or the route trees he did the year before. You know, the year before, I was like, oh, man, I think this kid's going to erupt next year. And he just never got that chance to show it. So if you want to talk about ceiling, here's a guy here. I'm just trying not to be a homer. But four four seven forty after that uh, blown-out ACL, uh, solid jumps at the Combine. I would have liked to have seen him run the cone drills. I heard JB that not all the guys ran the cone drills because they were late at night or something like that in the combine. So that might be something we'd have to look at their pro day scores. I have to dig a little bit deeper there. Um, but he's, he's got the, the intangibles, man, that I love. And I'll, I'll just close out on Mechie, 5'11", 187, tough kid, not afraid to catch in traffic. Another sure-handed Alabama wide receiver that he just seems to be flying under fly under the radar a little bit. So, Will Williams gets hurt in the in, in the ball game and I'm like all right number one receivers out and then all of a sudden John Meshi's putting on a clinic versus that same awesome Georgia defense and then he got hurt too um speed quickness instincts I could see being a PPR producer in fantasy um I hope to see that little karate kid crane kick that he does in his highlight films in the National Football League that could be fun to get behind um he's a little bit of a sleeper for me.
1: I'm not gonna wake up on him. Then he, I'm gonna keep sleeping. <laughs> like I, I, like I it's am about, taking.
0: It's about time we disagree. So give, give it. Yeah.
1: Like Christian Watson, Sky Moore, David Bell, Dotson, Pickens, Alave, the guys we mentioned earlier, Woo! Like, le- leaps and bounds ahead of Mechie. and I have him and Justin Ross tiered together. Two guys that I just I'm not gonna get behind here. And looking at the, the different boxes that I've talked about, and this is where context comes into play because players suffering injury, uh you know, different situations, but there's a lot of things that neither of them checked. I know, especially Justin Ross, he checked a lot of those boxes early in his career, and then it was injury, injury, but Mechie just in general, like. I'm expecting third round draft capital in the NFL. And that's not a death sentence by any means. It's not the fourth round. Like I'm on raw. And then I, (laughs) I'm off the, uh, the wagon there with him, but I, I could not take Mechie or Justin Ross in the second round of rookie drafts is super flex tight and premium. I couldn't do it, but I did mention, mention Christian Watson. And initially he popped off out of nowhere, uh, getting on people's radar because of the senior bowl uh, you know, the practice leading up to the game that week. And we've seen this before, right? We've seen players Antonio Gandy golden was a player there. There's a speed difference there between those two. So I'm not saying they're identical, but they have the size. They had that hype in the senior bowl and we know what happened to Antonio Gandy golden. But now with Christian Watson, I actually I have him as my wide receiver 10, to be honest with you. So low on the grand scheme of things, but still probably higher than a lot of people just because of the way I see the rest of this class shaking out. Again, we'll get into more depth with that with the mock draft next week. But Christian Watson, I I think he could land in the second round, but even if he gets third round draft capital, I'm still having him above meh. Gee. i even I, did the shoulder shrug. Like meh
0: well we know if you and i are in the same draft who could get mechi and who could get watson we're definitely in a, in a different you know ranking there but i do like your take on watson and i i'd have him i'd say anywhere between like 10 and 13 in my rankings right now i mean the, the Tampa tornado at 64208 i definitely liked him more on film than gandy golden um he is just, you know, he's got the Justin Jefferson dance, he's got the NFL tattoos in progress. This kid believes in himself, JB. A 43640. I haven't seen a shuttle yet, man. So like maybe in the in our Discord if we could find some shuttle times at some point. He's another one that didn't run on the combine. I'd be really interested. But 114, the best broad jump at the combine. This kid could jump out of the bleachers, man. He's an athlete. He's, a, he's, a, he's super athletic. Totally freakish. A lot of confidence. He, he ran the ball well also. I mean, like, they used him in different ways. And him and Malik Willis really shined on, like, the, the, the bad weather day in the Senior Bowl. You know, the coach of me loves those things, man. I love hearing those stories. Like, this guy's just a baller. Um, and he also goes to, you know, once a year, I'm good for those, like, workout warriors, those Pete Marino, Florida, Adam Schefter training tips. He is out there in Florida, man, working all that. This kid is a workout warrior. So it's a lining for me, JB. He's, he's, he's moving up rapidly in the rankings there. Well,
1: we kind of got taken down a little bit in the tiers because you brought up John Mechie, but David Bell and Sky Moore. David Bell, not a, fan, listen, not a fantastic combine performance, but we didn't expect him to go out there and be a speedster. He's the Dan LaMagna of this twenty two class. He's a technician. What he, he doesn't did? need
0: JB. You know, as much as the ego I had in my like twenties, <laughs> there's a reason I didn't make it to to, to a higher level. There it was that forty speed and and David Bell, man, you you want to take it to that next level. He he went to my honorable mention and out of my rankings here. Uh, oh you know, my god, you honorable know, mention, like- David Bell.
1: You need to boost him up a little bit. Here's the thing with David Bell, though. Okay. We, we talk about not overreacting to the combine, especially when it's things that we kind of already thought. If they're a fast player and they have a fantastic 40, don't double count it. And it's the same thing with David Bell. We kind of had that expectation of where he was going to fall with that four six four six five. The only worry is, will the NFL brush it off the way John Bauer is? That's the thing. If he still lands in that top 50, 60 pick range, gets into the second round, I'm okay with him in that 203 to 204 range. But if he slips to the third, I have to adjust. I have to, because the NFL, if they're going to give us that information and they see it differently, I have to make adjustments here. So I don't care about the landing spot, but I care about where he's going in the NFL draft based on what I have as his expectation today which is a second-round draft pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, James just put in the chat, doubtful how many up wide receivers there are in this draft class. It is a deep class, and I, I think the NFL could be unforgiven when you see that uh, that 40 time there, It's especially how pass-happy this game is these days. And his draft, I think if his draft positioning does slide, I, I think that's going to impact us in the dynasty industry. Sky, more I'm more intrigued by. This kid's just... I- a lot of people are. I don't know if I'm intrigued in the same way, though. Like, I think he's a real good football player. I mean, 5'10", 195, 4'4", 140 is beautiful, four three two shuttle. He looks like a halfback playing wide receiver. Maybe it's that number 24 that he wears that's just deceiving to me, but he doesn't look like a natural wide receiver. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to translate to the NFL, man. But his combine was phenomenal. Um, he's definitely a football player. He's an impact player there uh, he's at def- Western I Michigan. Hope it,
1: if we're talking about him on dynasty theory, he better be a football player. What are we talking about here
0: then, Dan? I'm just not used to the halfback. He looks like a halfback playing wide receiver, and I'm I'm struggling with that a little bit, resulting to statistics in the National Football League and fantasy football. So so we got I, I'm really, really interested to see where he goes.
1: Let me go through my checklist. Now, so here's the thing. And somebody put out again, I wish I could always provide the credit whenever I see this, but there somebody put out information and it was showing the early breakout or not early breakout, the early declare for power five versus non power five. Okay. And there was a clear difference in the hit rates. So for Sky Moore, he was not an early declare, but going to Western Michigan, coming out of the MAC, again, not necessarily a death sentence based on that information, but then. Forty percent reception market share, thirty percent receiving yard market share, three point four eight yards per team pass attempt, which is through the roof. Uh, only behind, I think Jalen Tolbert is higher and Traylon Burks are higher. Um, college Dominator over forty percent, nineteen year old breakout age, which is fine. The four four one forty checks that box. Like he he's gonna pop off for a lot of people, and. Again, my expectation is second-round draft capital in the NFL draft, and that's good enough for me for him to land in that wide receiver eight to nine. And I I see Newt's in the chat. I don't know if he got here in time to hear my Mr. Mechie hate, but he might be blocking me because of that. Now, Dan Dan was on board, but Newt already know how I feel. All right, so talking about... Who'd we get through here? Burks, Wilson, London, Jameson, Olave, Pickens, Dotson. Does I got Dotson a couple do, of names that are do, popping. Does, What's that? Does Dotson go in the first round of the NFL draft? It seemed like he was being projected there, that it kind of fizzled off a little bit. What, I, do th- you th- think I think second there?
0: round. Second? Early, mid second round.
1: If he goes second, I'll tell you, I will have Bell and Moore ahead of him. Oh. It, 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 th- th- Bell Moore's not going to go before him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I ask? And I know my stance changed a little bit once he got the fourth round draft capital. But do you remember when I was talking up on Ross St. Brown pre-draft last year, and you and Mitch? Oh, want nothing to do with them. Honorable mention at best. And of course, I started whistling a slightly different tune. Still have a lot of shares, but that I think that's my guy this year, David Bell. But. If Dotson lands in the second, Bell needs to land in the second to to get ahead of him. So there are a few asterisks
0: here, but you know, I just don't see it in Bell. Like if we want to, who is it here? Greg in our our, our chat talks about <laughs> James. I told you, I I, I give you the metchie love. Trust me, I have him way higher than JB. But our buddy Greg here says David Bell is Hunter Renfro. You want to know who Hunter who the Hunter Renfro of this draft is going to be? It is going to be Kyle Phillips of UCLA. Like. Before there was Hunter Renfro, there was Julian Edelman. Before there was Julian Edelman, when this, when this old man played, it was Wayne Corbett of the Jets, man. Kyle Phillips reminds me of that. 5'11", 189, punt returner, slot playmaker, accelerates north fast. 4'5", 840, again, not blazing. I, I do want to see his shuttle. It's another guy, JB. I need to know how how quick he can move sideways and laterally and make guys miss and be shifty. But on film, if there was a guy that looked like the next Hunter Renfro, to me it was Kyle Phillips.
1: All right, one more name here tiny man Wandel Robinson. Do you have any interest there? I know he went from uh pre official measurement hype again. I see a lot of green on my sheet, checking a lot of boxes, but the dude's five foot eight. There's not <laughs> a lot of players, and I know it's a small sample size in general, but what's the ceiling there? So I know some people pre official measurements they were talking about. Uh, they were talking about Wandel Robinson being in their top five, six, seven wide receivers in this class. I can't put a five foot eight receiver and I know you, well, Tyree kills official height is not really five ten. He is smaller. I'm not going to, I'm not going to chase the outlier there in Wandel Robinson.
0: No, I, I'm Wandel Robinson, even Calvin Austin, JB five eight one seventy, put him in that class. He just exploded at the combine with like, like I like Wandell. I mean, so you're mentioning him, you know, he a four 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 forty. I need a shuttle time on him. He's a Nebraska how many trans-
1: times have you sh- shed how many times have you said shuttle tonight?
0: I am frustrated that there's no shuttle I don't have shuttle times right now. But Robinson, man, he's a Nebraska transfer that exploded at Kentucky. But Calvin Austin, who did have a shuttle JB, ran a four point oh seven, which is incredible. Um, in a four, three, two, forty, like his times were just phenomenal. He could jump with the best of them. But, like, you know, you go back to last year like two two at well. I love Tutu. You know, he he had some great combine stats. and he goes in the second round of the
1: NFL draft.
0: goes in the second round of the NFL draft. looked really good in the preseason. Like they couldn't cover him out of the slot. I know they're backup guys, and you know, it's it's vanilla coverages and stuff like that. But he couldn't sniff the field last year. So I'm like, you know, is it a matter of these guys really got to get like NFL stronger to be able to get out there? But from a dynasty perspective, you know, we're impatient. I don't know if we're going to be patient enough for either of these small guys, similar to Tutu Atwell last year.
1: I mean, Tutu Atwell, Terrace Marshall, Amari Rogers, all players that got that necessary day two draft capital and really, crapped the bed there in year one. And they're being written off. And I'm not saying I'm actively going out looking to acquire them because I'm not. So I'm not saying like, oh, you know, go out and get them. You're, you're making a huge mistake. But like you said, the patience and looking for that early hit, not, not even just an early hit, show signs of life. Do we get that from as a uh, in the, the chat here, Rondell Moore or sorry, I mean, Rondell Robinson, the Rondell Moore comparison (laughs) Dan's like what are you talking about so uh, let's get enough of those tiny guys uh any other Alec Pierce he's an interesting thank you I was waiting for that yeah Alec Pierce uh I think he gets that day two draft capital
0: try to put a ninth up he is ninth in my rankings right now I got him cracking the top 10 ahead of your boy Sky Moore and definitely ahead of David Bell um but 6'3 211 strong hands an intriguing combination of size and speed he was the other part of a special Bearcats season. 428 short shuttle. He's another guy dedicated on the combine. Didn't care how late those shuttles were. He was out there running. 7133 cone drill to go with that four four one forty. Like all the stats are there. I believe he is more than a straight line big receiver based on the shuttles and the three cones and, and how he did at the combine. So I'm really intrigued by Alex Pierce.
1: Uh, Greg says Dan's post shuttle time
0: rankings will be fire. We'll I'm see ready. how much movement we get there. I might even run a shuttle, a, a shuttle run in my like man cave in our draft show even. We'll see. I'll, I'll show you guys proper technique. We'll see if we yeah. get the cameras there.
1: If I try to do it, I'll end up in the local hospital, <laughs> so I'm not doing that. But talk about speed score. I know a lot of these guys, it's like, eh, JB, you're knocking the speed score. So not just the 40 time, but adjusted for their height um, and their their weight the guys that really jump off your burks 106, London 116, Watson was the highest 123, Alec Pierce right below them 116. So physically he he you know offers that that big body uh fast receiver He's capabilities. But again, the 21-year-old breakout age uh doesn't really pop off the charts for the yards per team pass attempt. He's uh, under the threshold for reception market share and receiving yards. And uh you know we talk about the early declare but uh Cincinnati in the American but he, he's a big guy and we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh all right, can we can we talk about the tight ends here for like 10 minutes?
0: Can i give you one more wide receiver? Yeah, absolutely. Just, just the like, the, the, I guess the rest of my list that is just kind of keeping an eye on Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama, Man. four four nine forty six one one ninety four. I think he's twenty three, so I think age would probably do, like crush him in yours. But eighty two catches for fourteen hundred plus yards with eight tutties. I'm, I'm a little curious what his story is, um, and then Justin Ross of Clemson. Wait, really quick, besides the the age, he does check a lot of the
1: boxes. Okay. So it's that one it was more uh and not to say lack of competition boom you're completely you know docked here but still somebody that uh i actually think i might have an oversight on my end i gotta throw him in here I swear i had him in here oh no there he is so i have him that 211 to 304 tier i was like JB, you don't have him in the top 60 rookies here? No, I, I do, I do, I, do, I do. Yeah. Just missed it. But I, I have him as my wide receiver 12, so I'm taking him over, Mechie. Stop it now. I, I, I am. I, I, I am.
0: If I, if I didn't leave my challenge flags upstairs in my normal uh, recording space, I would definitely be throwing it at your John Mechie hate right now because the guy, again, he was tearing up my Georgia Bulldogs there in the national championship game when he had to. The guy is legit, but um, I have him high. And then I think when we just Jalen Tolbert, like these guys, I'm talking, we're talking about now, you know, we're going to have those mid late round, third, fourth round picks, fifth round picks. Some of our dynasty leagues are, are are a little bit deeper. So again, we're we're not here saying, Hey, this is my guy. I think he's going to be the next, this or that. I'm saying, Hey, he's worth taking a flyer. If you've got a taxi squad or a deeper bench and you just never know. Um, Justin Ross of Clemson, this guy was projected as a wide receiver one, uh, you yeah. know, b- b- pre-injury. So I, like, I wouldn't just forget him uh, over there at Clemson, man. They they could rec- they they could do some good recruiting at Clemson. So you know, he's on the the radar. Romeo Dobbs in Nevada, he was a sophomore sensation, good senior bowl. Um, you yeah, know, David Bell's that far down for me, sorry, JB. But then in my last one, Velas Jones at Tennessee. His that dude's 29
1: years old or
0: something like that. Is he 29? 43140. Yeah, I was like, whoa, you know, I, th- I think he's 24. You know, and then James, man, I gotta look up this guy you're giving me Ty Fry Fogle. Boy, he must be going really deep. You got him in your numbers there, JB?
1: Wait, really quick. Jones, he turns 25 on May 11th. Oof. 25. Wow, man. You can keep your 25-year-old rookie. Yeah, that's, thank that's, you very much. Wow. And I I know you're just rat you're rattling through names. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um but uh wow, speaking of John Ross, I would want to throw it out there. I have him in like that mid third range, so somebody that I'm not overly excited about. But again, how fair is that? Just because he he popped his freshman year at Clemson, popped, and then the injuries. So yeah. um rookie tight ends, oh, man. My so we who was it? Oh my gosh. In the in the Discord in the Patreon, was it Mitchell? I think it was not Mitch Mitchell. He was saying JB. I've watched every Texas A&M game. I, you're way too high on Jalen Wittermeyer. Like get knock him down. This is two months ago. And I'm saying, listen, listen, Mitchell. And I, I hope it was Mitchell. I uh, don't want to be uh, giving credit to the, the wrong person here, but he he checks everything and then he freaking goes out and runs a five o three forty, 40. <laughs> a five-o three. He's still running his 40, Dan. He made you look like the Flash.
0: That's this that's discouraging, man. That's discouraging.
1: Yeah. Uh I'm so
0: tr- trouble so, getting excited about this tight end position.
1: But you look at speed score, and it's one that if you don't hit. So I'm looking at my list here back to 2017. These are players that uh, participated at the Combine. All of these guys are over a speed score of 103, okay? So bear with me for a second. And these are all guys that have produced top 12 numbers uh, up to this point, okay, in a given season. Kyle Pitts, Noah Fan, Evan Ingram, Gasicki, Kittle, Andrews, Knox, Goddard, Hurst, Tunyon, Hawkinson, and Joku. Okay. So that's everybody over 103 speed score. The guys under 103, Alton Schultz. That's the list. Wow. That is the list. So that it's a pretty damning threshold not to hit. And the guys that don't hit it, even though I like these two guys, Cole Turner and Isaiah likely they're under uh record, KDOT and Trey McBride, Greg Dolcich, uh, James Mitchell, Peyton Hendershot. What a name. I love that name. He he's under that threshold. Uh, and then Wittermeyer 78. So I talk about 103 being the threshold. He's at 78. We, we, we could challenge for that. Come on. But again, it's not just one thing we're looking at, but that, that is a, it's a big one for me for tight ends with Dalton Schultz, the only one coming into the league since 2017 that has hit top 12 numbers. But um, I mean, that, that, that hurt for me. That was somebody that I slotted in middle of the second in tight end premium leagues, but now it looks like it's Trey McBride in a league of his own.
0: Yeah. I, I might just like hate this draft here. Like uh, for tight ends more than ever, um, you know, if I'm in a dynasty team where I'm just desperate at tight end, or again, those late round picks and I want to take a flyer. I mean, dulich of UCLA is he's okay. You know, it's, I didn't mind his film. I thought he had a little more wiggle than McBride on, on film there, a little more explosion as jumps a year younger. Um, so maybe just a little more to like for me, but it's just nothing more than a late flyer on a dynasty roster just to get some depth and, you know, again, that'll probably depend where he, where he lands, too. But the, the NFL just has a prototype for tight ends, you know? So all those guys you named with those good speed scores, I mean, they haven't even been an easy ride for us in Dynasty between injuries and underperformance and, and so forth. I don't even think any of the, these guys are even in the same breath or sentences of them ever. Like, like And it's just not having... to say... And I agree. And it's not to say,
1: oh, if you hit that threshold for a speed score, you're going to put up a top 12 season. OJ Howard, one of the top speed scores. Bucky Hodges didn't get the draft capital, but that's a name. Cole Komet, he hit the threshold. We'll see what happens there. Adam Shaheen, Josh Oliver, Kahel Waring, Jordan Thomas, Stephen Sullivan, Foster Moreau, Parham. Sorry, Parham. I know he likes the, the emphasis on the, other slabble uh colby parkinson jeremy sprinkle drew sample so again it's not like oh you hit that you're going to be amazing there's other variables at play but it's certainly one one of the the big ones um and in draft capital necessarily isn't it's not the most critical for a tight end when you're comparing quarterbacks running backs wide receivers obviously quarterbacks we went first running backs wide receivers day two but tight end, you see these guys that slip into day three. But I saw a comment in, in the chat about Jalen Wittermeyer. He might not be drafted. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not enthralled by a a UDFA
0: tight end. No, I mean, all these guys, like even that that last list of names you got you you gave, like Komet and Parham and Moreau. I mean, some of the common denying man is like, hey, you know, I kind of like some of those guys on our dynasty rosters. But it's taken them years to develop just to be a potential fantasy guy, and you know you hope maybe they get an opportunity later on. Um, but from a talent perspective, like all those guys have a certain size too to them. Like this draft is full of guys that are just too small, too slow, too something that's not prototypical for an NFL tight end. So hey, there, there's
1: there, there's some decent size guys though.
0: But then they're they're missing the speed, or they're missing no, the, the re, right. you know the receiving skills, or it's it's not translating to me into di- potential dynasty production. So to me, it's just late flyers, pick the tight end you like. I think of of the guys we're hearing the most about, Greg Doolich is probably my favorite.
1: So I'm looking at McBride as my tight end one middle of the second and two PPR. And then, like you said, we're getting to the third round, and they are flyers at this point. Isaiah Likely. How likely is it that he's a fantasy asset? I'm here all night. <laughs> uh, and Good the season I, for him. And I, I, I love Charlie Kohler, but it seems like I like him a heck of a lot more than anybody in the NFL might because I haven't heard a lick about him. You, you see hype pieces for everybody. And Kohler's one. That just really hasn't popped. So early fourth, maybe for him and and uh, Dulcich there out of uh, UCLA. And then we get down to K. Dot. And I know uh, Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods. He had a good
0: yeah. pro day combine. You know, right. he's, got, he's got some traits. And
1: he's a physical monster. So I know people are mm-hmm. excited about that. But still, none of these tight ends, like clearly we're not looking at a Kyle Pitts discussion. We're not even talking about a Pat Fryermuth, to be honest with you. No. And he was slipping to the early middle of the second, even in two PPR last year. Uh, Newt says Kohler's a nice sleeper. Yeah. Again, uh, based off of all the boxes that he checked, Turner likely and Kohler are the three outside of McBride that are intriguing for me. I'm probably going to roster a good amount because once you hit the third round in a two PPR tight end premium league, I'm looking to stash as many of those guys as possible just for, for cheap points. Um, and then, you know, running backs, which we obviously spoke about a few weeks ago. But any other tight ends, I, like they're they're all flyers at, at this point, to be honest with you. I, I I can't think about anybody that I'm like, oh my God, yeah, like I gotta I have to get them in the second round. Like McBride, I like him. But even him, like with how deep this wide receiver class is, and if we get those four first round quarterbacks and some running backs that might, we didn't think about day two capital. These tight ends might slip even a little bit further. So I know we don't want to completely neglect and ignore a position, but it's flyer central here with these tight ends.
0: Yeah. And uh, with that, I don't think we could give our listeners anything of substance. That's going to give them an edge or an advantage at the rookie tight end position this year. You know, yeah, we'll see where they land. We'll, we'll be breaking them down. We'll have some rankings, mock draft. We have some things coming out to keep an eye on. So we'll help you when it counts, but man focus on the other positions
1: final thoughts besides bashing the tight ends here on episode 153 anything for our listeners to take home and tell mom about as you like to say about your fab
0: and i love the tight end position jb you know it's i'm a west coast offense kind of guy man i I think there's a place for the tight end it's just not in this year's rookie class but uh final thoughts man April twenty eighth is coming much closer. I have a new uh, Cowboys draft hat or on order today for our live show. I'll be back. Did you that, did you like the here.
1: draft hats?
0: The the that all black version that that is the one that was just good enough to purchase. No, I did not like the draft hats. They were very disappointing this year. But the the there's a, a different black version of them that's not your typical one that I thought was kind of cool. So it was good enough to buy one just because I'm a homer.
1: Yeah, I saw I, like I saw the uh, the Steelers one. And it looked, ugh. Ugh. and you don't have to give me a reason not to get Steelers merchandise and memorabilia. No. Like, Better yeah.
0: chance of you having a cowboy hat there with uh, Aikman and Gallup behind you I, as I, I don't see any Steelers tonight. I, I have two Lions jerseys.
1: I have hey, Juju's over here.
0: There is a Juju over there. You know, of course he's in Kansas City now, so I don't know if that really I, counts. I know It's kind of like my Cooper jersey. Um, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> I had to move it in the closet tonight. But uh, yeah. hey, draft show 28th, don't miss it.
1: It's going to be a lot of fun. Not, not a draft show. It's a party. It is a, a Patreon watch party. We're going to be hanging out, shooting the, you know what, uh, probably six hours, both nights. So if you're not sick of us at this point, you will be after that. But yeah, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Unfortunately, Mitch wasn't here, but our man Dan here was able to hold on the fort a lot of good uh, information. there discussing the rookie wide receivers. Remember next week we'll be doing our two round mock draft super flex tight end premium. We'll be getting through uh, the the different positions and, and looking at them and comparing them and how things are going to shake out. So that's going to be a lot of fun for Dan LaMagna. Mitch Sorensen, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Have a great night.